Please sit comfortably. Good evening everyone on Zoom and in the room. Uh, just a, free, a few brief words tonight um, on anxiety. And as you know, the, the Buddhist word for suffering is um, dukkha, which you can translate as dissatisfaction. But when you, when you look at it in terms of modern psychology, I think that what, what makes up a lot, what, lot of what we call dukkha, a word that was coined 2,500 years ago, is anxiety and depression, which is probably the most common reason why people go to, to counselling and, and psychotherapy. Um, it's just we call it by different names. But I just want to talk a little bit about that tonight. And we can think of anxiety taking on a number of different forms. You can consider um, existential anxiety, which is a, a fear of death, but not only a fear of death, a fear of life. And what does it all mean? And who am I? And what's the future going to hold? You know, all of that is a existential anxiety. And then we have um, social anxiety um, or, or even social phobia where we're, we're worried, excessively worried about how people will think of us and whether they like us or not or whether they will reject us or think that we're silly or whatever. And that can be quite, quite um, uh, restricting, you know, for, for a lot of people. And there's another one which is similar to it, which is not quite the same, which is status anxiety. And where we, you know, and, and status anxiety is not just for people who um, are interested in the status of accumulating material things or wealth, but we all can experience status anxiety depending on what, what the status is we're, we're striving for. Um, so people who who value intelligence and academia, you may have status anxiety about whether they're going to pass the exams and get a PhD or whatever, or about career or their artistic skills or their sporting skills or um, their popularity, things like that. So there's a, there's a number of different ways that anxiety presents itself. And it also presents itself um, in ways which are sometimes more obvious than others. So when people are um, talking rapidly and, and gesticulating or histrionic or panicking or whatever, like large body movements and things like that, that's, that's obvious, much more obvious that's a, a, an expression of anxiety. But one of the, so it can express itself either in chaos, right? But the other way that it expresses itself is in rigidity. And often pe people don't recognise rigidity as a form of anxiety. And uh, so you, you, just, you just sort of tighten up and you become stiff, you know, and you, and you, you don't act in a loose kind of way. And people can hold that chronic sort of rigidity in their body, but not even really recognise that they're, that they're anxious. It's surprising sometimes, um, like in, in counselling, um, that people who, in my clinical view, are anxious often don't 
recognise they're anxious or they can't put those words to it. And um, sometimes it's not entirely, but in some, time, in some ways it's a, a gender issue. Often men on, quite honestly don't believe that they're stressed when physiologically they are. And it's because in, in the conditioning of men, we're not to, supposed to be stressed, we're supposed to be rocks. You know, we're, we're in control of things all the time. So we're, we're conditioned not to really recognise our anxiety when we have it. It's like it's not manly. Um, but we do ourselves a disservice, you know, if we, if we have that stress or anxiety and we're not able to acknowledge it in some kind of way. Another way that we can not be in touch with it is if we have a, an idea or a, an image or an ideal of ourselves as being a calm Buddhist, right? So I'm, I'm calm, that's what I do, that's my identity. And if that's her, or a yoga person, you know, that's who I am. And if, we, if we're identified with that perspective ourselves, we can then dismiss or ignore anxiety because it doesn't fit the image, right? And we push it away and we ignore it and we deny it. But we all experience anxiety of, of one kind or another. And um, often people, I'd say often, but sometimes people come to Zen training um, or to Buddhist training thinking it's going to get rid of their anxiety. And overall, like through years and years in practice, it does diminish. And like I've mentioned in some previous talks, um, there's so much feedback I get from um, the common kind of feedback I get from people who have been practicing seriously for quite some time is that their, their anxiety goes down, their fears go down, and they reduce. Whether they ever reduce to zero, it's maybe not realistic, but it's a big difference between having 75% fear and 20% fear, you know. And, and the less fear we have, the, the more our life just seems to open up into something which is more enjoyable. And even in the, the classical sutras, like the Heart Sutra, it says, you know, that you, um, uh, there's no gain and no fear. Right? Maybe not no fear in the sense of that, literally no fear, but the more we see into the, the, um, the emptiness of the self, the less needy we are, then the less fear it is that we actually generate in our life. So there are, there are sort of, if I can say, um, um, more superficial ways in which we use the practice to reduce fear. Like mindfulness reduces fear. It creates beta, beta endorphins or, or in our, opioids in our brain and it calms us. And by focusing on the breath, you can calm yourself. And that's fine. But where the, where the deeper work of Zen practice is that reduces our fears is when we um, re reduce our, our neediness and our expectations to be a certain way in life. And when we, when we drop all of those expectations and all the important needs that we have that have to be fulfilled, that's where the, that's where the deeper kind of equanimity 
comes from. It's getting down to the root cause of the problem and not just treating the symptoms. So the way of, of working with anxiety, apart from just breathing with it, um, it's, it's always, first of all, to acknowledge it when it's there, um, rather than deny it or ignore it. And don't get caught up in thinking about it and, and just let it be. Just let it be a stream that passes and, and comes and goes. But where, like with anything um, in our life, um, anxiety really be- only becomes a huge problem in our life when we then start to think about it. And when we, when we start to think about it, we're strategizing about how we can get rid of it or avoid it or you know, make it go away. Um, but as soon as we, we turn that around to really deeply accepting it, um, then maybe it doesn't go away altogether, but it becomes softer, um, becomes looser, you know, becomes more fluid. So please remember, don't come to Zen trying to get rid of your anxiety. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, it'll make it worse. Uh-huh. But if you if you come with the with the spirit of just accepting it as part of your experience that comes and goes, and reducing your expectations in life, um, then the equanimity will 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 follow. Mm.